Welcome to episode number 86 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording September the 27th, 2020. My name is Eric. I'm the host of the show. I'm based in southern Ontario. I'm a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. As a first responder, I've witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events and started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. My name is Ian. I live on Vancouver Island. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, sports shooter, and my farm's designated handyman. I'm Hughes from Nova Scotia. I'm a Canadian Armed Forces veteran, volunteer firefighter and station chief, and also a volunteer search and rescue technician and prepper. I've been preaching and living the prepper lifestyle to varying degrees for the last six years or so. Hello, everyone. My name is Tyler. I live in Northwest Wisconsin. Uh, besides preparedness, I'm also into homesteading, metalworking, engines, guns, and the great outdoors. I guess I'm supposed to tell you who I am. <laughs> and, uh, I'm Tracy. Thanks for the introduction. No, I'm Tracy, and I am from Alberta, originally from Northern Ontario, but I've been in Alberta for a couple decades now. I was born into a family of depression parents, so prepping has always been in my blood. We just didn't call it prepping back then. Um, we're hunters, target practicers, and... Um, yeah, all around into all the stuff these guys are into. Awesome. Welcome to the show, Tracy. And um, if you want to help support the show and keep um, and keep the Canadian Proper Prepper Podcast on the air, sorry, buy Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt at rapidsurvival.com. All proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. All right. If you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes, like us on Facebook, and submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, good or bad, or if this is a topic you want us to cover, you can email us at feedback at preferpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got some uh, freeze-dried content for you in this episode. We're going to start off with some preparedness-related news articles. Next, we'll let you know what we've done since uh, our last episode for our preparedness, and uh, then we'll get into our chat with Tracy. So let's move into some news. All right, so the ammunition shortage is here for a while. So there was actually an article I put in the show notes as well. And it uh, basically says that all the manufacturers have gotten together and kind of put their heads together on their current demand sales and everything else. And they figure they won't catch up until at least late 2021 with the ammunition shortage, assuming that everybody stops panic buying now. Hmm. So I don't see that changing anytime soon. <laughs> I'm <start> reloading. <laughs> Not I think for it's going to go five a little, or six weeks. A little while longer, at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, reloading. I don't know. Conservation for now. I don't know. Are, are uh, reloading supplies still hard to come by or? No, surprisingly, they're actually like, there's lots. Okay. So, I mean, I think the only thing that we were short of on the island was primers right now, but that's, you can order those. So, those are all okay. good. Yeah. So um, shortage. Yeah. So, other than that, uh, national debt is soaring. So, uh, article from the National Post, the throne speech in Canada laid out uh, their, their plan going forward with the next little session here. And uh, bad news if you're a fiscal conservative. <laughs> Want the budget to balance itself? Though? Oh, pretty much, yeah. But no, when they start measuring stuff in the billions, as far as deficit goes, it's just a bad scene overall. So, yeah, yeah I don't expect rookie, to... rookie numbers down there or up there. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't expect us to pay off any debt anytime soon. So, no. hey, interest rates are low though; it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I've got a couple of news articles here. Uh, shocking. It's a, it's a COVID-related news article. Um, so cases are up in Ontario. Uh, was it 435 new cases on Saturday? And shocking, uh, having trouble finding toilet paper and paper towels? There's another rush happening. So they seem to go hand in hand, and you're not listening to a back episode. We're talking about <laughs> it again. 
the same thing. Yeah, people like us uh, are running past the food yet again, going for the toilet paper. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, you need for the toilet paper, but whatever. And for me here, uh, an article on CTV News, um, just uh, kind of stating that while the maritime provinces, which makes up uh, Nova Scotia, PI, and Brotherhood of Newfoundland, reported no new cases over the weekend, the rest of Canada is obviously a different story with uh, 1,300 new cases being reported in uh, Quebec and Ontario alone. So um, I think Canada's East Coast is being called like the jewel of North America because we literally, I said, I think I said the weekend here, but it's been like nine days since um, all of these four provinces here have had a, um, a new case reported. So uh, good for us, but it's kind of continuing to see the numbers going up. It's just a matter of time before we see some cases coming into the province here. It's here, so. And we uh, we have a solution here in the live chat for the uh, the debt uh, level. Uh, Steve just says uh, we can print the paper money, uh, pay down the debt, <laughs> and, and then you can use this toilet paper. The toilet paper. And use the toilet paper as well. Brilliant. So we've solved the world's problems. I'll bring this episode to an end. <laughs> All right. Let's move into what we've done lately for preps. So for myself, um, sighted in the rifles for hunting season. Uh, the muzzleloader and archery season opens tomorrow for deer. Um, I do plan on harvesting two deers this year. I could take one with a muzzleloader and then one with rifle. Um, as well, some fall vehicle maintenance has been completed, but my wife's brakes uh, need to be changed all around. And I think um, Eric doing that this weekend prompted me to um, remind myself I'm going to get that done before I'm doing it outside in minus 10 degree weather. So yeah, thanks, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, I took advantage of the uh, the nice weather today. I saw that it was uh, just perfect. So yeah, swapped the brakes out on the, at least the front brakes on the truck and uh, hummed and hawed for a little bit. YouTube to the to the wind there to to figure out how to get uh, some of the parts off and uh, unrusted or at least off. They're still rusted, but at least they're not stuck and there's new parts on. So that's good. And uh, well, I won a crossbow in a draw from uh, the United Survivalist Network uh, Ontario. So we'll pump about that. They dropped it off today, and now I get to learn a new skill. So, that should be fun. <clears throat> figure out how to uh, how to use that thing before deer season. Yeah, I That'll think we mentioned in the private chat there before. It's like I think this is probably the cheapest component of the crossbow hunting aspects. Let's by the time you get targets and bolts and, and <laughs> yeah. you know the satellite points and everything else is ungodly expensive to actually get a bow set up, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't too bad. I bought some raffle tickets, so <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> so now I get to buy all the toys to go with it. That's right. Uh, as for myself, uh, well, first off, actually, I, I won a, a uh, I think I should mention the chainsaw, I guess, last week that I went off Tracy. But uh, yeah, so let's see here. I ordered some uh, freeze-dried food. Uh, forgot to mention that. Did a little recon work while I was out shopping. Uh, the picture in the background here on the green screen uh, was actually a scene from the Canadian Tire. Uh, the canning department was completely cleaned out, as well as the, the TP area in Costco, of course. Um, so we actually decided to take a look around at a few different places. Yeah, pretty much universal around town is everything's cleaned out for those two items, but lots of food. So mm-hmm. I don't know. So uh, let's see here, topped up some groceries. I did a reloading component inventory to figure out what I'm short of before the uh, the shortage becomes a thing here, because I know down in the states it's a big thing. Um, but we still have a, a bit of a backlog of components here, so I'll uh, do an order here when I get everything put together. Uh, trying to re-insulate like the crawl space underneath the house because we found some holes and some uh, chewed out insulation. Thank you, mice. And uh, so we need to kind of redo that to keep the heating requirements lower this year. Did a bunch of brass prep because uh, it's rainy season now. And uh, see here, did a couple CGN deals to raise money for the reloading components. And that's about it. Every week, a new CGN deal. I actually did about three or four this week. It's actually kind of funny. 
<laughs> but they're all tiny items. They're not like they're just like you know, it's like a garage sale for parts and stuff. So you just kind of <laughs> let me guess more, more scopes you can send back for warranty repair. No, no, actually, I'm short. But actually, I asked my daughter for a birthday gift for one, and so she's like kind of rolling the eyes. We'll see what happens. Right. So. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, for myself this past week, uh, I got myself a nice pair of insulated uh, rubber muck boots for the upcoming winter. Uh, I went ahead and stocked up on some dog food as well as cat food and upgraded the, the feed bins for those animals. So now I've got uh, 50 pounds of feed for each of the dogs and then the cats as well. Um. Went uh, Now that the pigs are gone, I went out in the pig pen and pulled out about a dozen trees that were like two to six inches in diameter. Uh, these were kind of all the smaller trees in the pen that they had rooted up. So I went in there with the skid loader and plucked them out and threw those on the burn pile. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Did my best to kind of level out the pen, uh, cleaned out the porta hut, pressure washed all the feeders, drained the water tank, uh, basically got the pen kind of winterized and ready for pigs next year again. Um, had a few, uh, they're five foot by 16 foot wooden pallets. So I cut a few feet off the end of two of those and put them in the corner of my barn. And that's where I'll be storing my hay, uh, for goats this spring. And then I've also got the ends of the pallets, uh, cut off and then they're up on, uh, basically skids so I can store like some of my longer lumber and PVC pipe and things like that underneath the pallets. Uh, and the final thing I did today was tore down the garden fencing, uh, some of the climbing structures, pulled out T-posts, uh, drained all the hoses, rolled them up for winter, um, put all the tools away from the garden stuff. So nice. basically finished that out for the year. <clears throat> cool. Yeah, uh, good. My list. So was that uh, with the pig pen now that you're all done with the pigs for the year, was that definitely worthwhile? going to do it again for sure? And Yeah, yep. So I'll definitely plan on getting them next year. Um, I think this year we raised eight pigs in about a 32 by 32 pen, and uh, it, it was enough space for them. Um, they didn't quite get enough sun. It was kind of in the woods, so the pen, well, and we had abnormal amounts of rain, this, especially this July, so they got just flooded out, and they would run it all up, and the pen would just flood and never drain out. So it was pretty mucky in there, so I think we're going to expand the pen, probably double it next year. And uh, I'm kind of scooping all of that sloppy, uh, poopy top soil, I guess, off now and uh, using that for compost. And hopefully next year it'll drain a lot better. But, uh, yeah, as far as raising them went, uh, they, they raised really good. We got them, oh, what was it, May 29th, and we butchered them oh, just two weeks ago. Uh, I think the average rate of gain was like two and a half pounds a day and – Wow. Um, yeah, they put on weight really good. They they taste great. Uh, we just finished processing all the pork this past this past week, or at least my wife did. Uh, all credit goes to her. So she's been running the meat grinder and doing all that stuff for quite a while now. So, but yeah, yeah, we'll definitely plan on doing them again next year. Cool. Okay. Yeah, like I, I've got uh, just under two months to go before we uh, we actually slaughter ours. So okay, uh, nice. Looking forward to seeing how that works out. Yeah, yep, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we uh, we process one of ours, and then we're getting one of them professionally processed. So we're, uh, we're going to kind of compare the finished product and then go from there, see if we want to do that next year again. But uh, it is a lot of work to process them yourselves. So. Mm. Cool. Awesome. Well, shall we uh, move into the main topic? All right. So we asked Tracy to come on today because uh, she, uh, Tracy and myself, we met on uh, the Facebook group uh, that she started and uh, got talking back and forth. And she has a bunch of interesting facets to her preparedness uh, tool shed, I guess, for lack of a better term. So uh, yeah, we asked her to come on. So Tracy, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? 
Okay, so um, the Facebook group is called The Part-Time Prepper. And if any of you have ever heard of the Couch to 5K that a lot of non-athletes start, that was kind of my goal with The Part-Time Prepper. It was to get people who were not doing anything to do something. Um, there's a ton of groups out there that are doom and gloom and lock and stock and, you know, build a bunker. But I knew that there was a lot of people that if I mentioned bunker, they would Yep. Right, gone. Right, right away so, screaming. Yeah. Yep. Right. So I wanted to have a group where I could show people that every day you could do something that would get you a little bit more prepared. And I always say that I think everybody, parents especially, we owe it to our families to be prepared. It doesn't matter whether you're preparing for the zombies or the government to fall or maybe it's just a snowstorm. I mean, we all live, well, I don't know where you guys all live, but. I live in an area where we get snowstorms and I don't want to hit the road. I get in areas where sometimes the power goes out. Sometimes um, somebody in the family is sick. There's always the chance that one or both parents are going to lose income for a while. We need to be prepared for that. Sometimes maybe just don't want to put your pants on and go get milk. So we can find a way to be prepared for that. So we start out small. We do a lot of little challenges. We just today finished a seven day food challenge. How prepared is your pantry? And we threw in a different challenge every day. So at midnight, we posted a new challenge. People were not allowed to shop for the week. They had to use stuff in their pantries. Everybody always says, you know what? I'd never, uh, we'd be fine if we could go a week. We could go, we could go a long time without shopping. So we threw some challenges in there, like meatless Monday, wheatless Wednesday, stuff like that. Um, and then I had some people responding to me saying, well, nobody in my family is gluten, gluten intolerant, so I don't have to worry about that. And I said, you do realize that some of these issues are developed as you get older. I'm not telling you how old I am, but in the, <laughs> la in the last two years, I, I can't eat ice cream, not more than a spoonful or I'm sick. I've never had an allergy or an intolerance, anything in my life. And if I have a bowl of ice cream, I'm sick. So I said, we, you need to be prepared. Some of those things can happen. So we did those challenges and it's really just a way of getting people motivated to do little things on a daily basis so they're ready. This week, we also started talking about winterizing your vehicles. These are things that people don't don't always think about. So it's not just food. I mean, food is food is my business. But I wanted a community where we were helping people do things day to day. So that if, I don't know, a global pandemic or something happens, they're a little more ready than they might have been. That's a really awesome idea. I like it. Yeah, I'm more ready to stay in the house for extended periods rather than you know going out grocery shopping daily. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, obviously, it sounds like you grew up with it, this kind of uh, lifestyle as well, but uh, did you always have that or did you kind of come into it when you got the acreage going or, like, have you always been into this? I, I've always been into it. I mean, when, when, my, when I was small, we had a, a food room under the stairs. My dad built can racks between the studs in the walls, and we've always had it. I, I remember the neighbors always joking, you know, that if anything happens, we're all coming to your house. I'm sure you've all heard that a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. I heard that growing up. I just, it, in my mind, it wasn't a prepper thing. It was, it was just, that was the way it was. So I've always wanted to make sure that we had enough. Um, I have a big family. My family's, uh, we have two grown kids. They're not into prepping quite as much as we are, but that's okay because they have a wealth of skills and they have youth on their side. So I always say I have the stuff, you have the skills and the youth and uh, we'll make it work that way. But yeah, it's just kind of always the way I've been. 
Cool. Uh, how's, uh, how's the group grown recently? Like, uh, has it been taken off uh, with a lot more people joining because of the COVID or just kind of steady growth or? Uh, it's not huge. I think we have about 350 people, which is, which is okay. Um, I, th I find it's a little bit more informal and people talk a bit more because it's not a massive group. That's okay. It'll grow. Mm -hmm. um, we have people all over Canada and uh, and the U.S. and everybody brings a little different. I mean, some of them are diehard preppers, and some people have to shop every single day. But some of those people that were shopping every single day can now go three days without going to the store. So I, I think it's helping everybody. Cool. Yeah. No. I. Uh, so I obviously yeah, I noticed uh, on the the part time prepper page that you've been doing a lot of uh, cooking with the Thrive Life foods. So can you explain what Thrive Life foods are? Thrive Life is freeze-dried food. Um, I'm sure you've heard of freeze-dried food. You had asked me earlier if it, how it compares to companies like Mountain House. Do I buy stuff like this? Yeah, I do. Actually, this one concerned me a little because it says best before 2047. So yep. that one concerns me a little because because our food is sealed in a can and it's good for 25 years and math is hard, but it's not that hard. And 47, that's a long time. Um, it's freeze-dried food, so with our freeze-dried food, I'm not speaking for all freeze-dried, but with ours, it is picked at prime ripeness. So if you guys garden at all, you know that the most important time for a fruit or a vegetable is right when it's ready to come off the vine. That's when the nutrients are the highest. It's picked and it's flash frozen. And then our company does something that not all companies do. It sends everything away for testing. So it doesn't even hit the freeze dryer until it comes back to say that there's no E. coli or salmonella or any of those other nasty things that you see with the recalls of fruits and vegetables that are in the store. And then it's freeze dried and it's sealed in the can. Once it's in the can, 25 years until it's open. So um, I don't know if you, you guys probably all have freeze dried food, right? But I just thought meat is one of the things that people are really curious about. So. I'm just going to show you really quick when it's in its dried state. Let me just pull this lid here. So I don't, when it's in its dried state, it will crumble like powder. And then as soon as you add water to it, it's just, just, just like chicken would be right. Mm -hmm. Why is it just like chicken? Cause it is just chicken. There's no, no added anything. And that's one place where we we per, we surpass this because there's a lot of stuff in here that's not just clean simple food do i buy them yes i still buy them they have their place but and this is the kicker our food honestly i've tried a lot of it i've tried lots of different lots of different companies best tasting so if i'm gonna buy something in case I want to make sure that I like it and my kids like it. All the cans behind me are opened because this is my pantry. We use it on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't see the point of buying something you're never going to use because no matter how cheap it is, it's too expensive. Yeah, it's just wasted money unless you at least you're rotating and using it and trying to see what you like and what you don't like too, right? Yeah, absolutely. What's so Oh, sorry. I got a couple um, questions. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You go. Ahead. Uh, I was going to say, once you open the can, though, you said uh, it's good for 25 years or something until you open the can, but is there like a shelf life after you've opened the can on these things if they're dehydrated? Yep. yep. So first of all, it's not dehydrated. I'm going to okay. correct you there sorry. because, it, well, no, there's a difference. <laughs> yeah. There's freeze-dried and dehydrated. Do you know the difference? 
Ian, come on. Well, on the spot. Actually, okay, so dehydrated would mean you take most of the moisture out. Freeze dry, you take all the moisture out, is my guess. Yep. Yep. Okay. And because dehydrating uses heat, it does break down some of the nutritional value on it. So dehydrating is still good. We do have some products that are dehydrated. Most yeah. of them have a five-ish year life. Five, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Freeze-dried 25 years. When you open it, generally a year to two years. And why we say generally is because if you live, say, down in Florida where it's humid and it's hot, you're not going to get it. If you live in Alberta where it's really dry, you get two to three years. Like I've had stuff that I didn't use that got pushed in the back before I had this shelving system pushed in the back of another pantry and opened it still fine after after probably it was closer to three or three and a half years. So it's still good to eat. Um, but on the, on average, we say a year to two years once it's opened. So I would imagine similar to most things, your best, uh, best to store it in like a cool dry place, probably the basement. Um, uh, yeah. So not freezing, although, um, we do have a second location and our food does freeze and we've been using it for six years and it's fine because there's no moisture in it. So it doesn't mm-hmm. really freeze. You don't want it in hot. You don't want it, especially if it's open, you don't want it where it's moist. Um, generally, you don't want it in the sunlight because that will start heating up the cans. But yeah, that's about it. Okay. Well, I think you touched on a really good thing there too, is that you mentioned that uh, with dehydrating, they, uh, they use a bit of heat. So obviously a bit of nutritional uh, value lost, but it's pretty much, uh, does freeze drying maintain a lot more then? Uh, when it's like stored and preserved? 99%. 99% of the nu- nutritional value is is the same the day you open it, whether it's this year, next year, or 25 years. Now, I don't think dehydrating is wrong. I'm in the market for a dehydrator now. I tried it out in my oven. I like it. I want to buy a dehydrator. But um, it's the same with freeze drying. Can you freeze dry at home? Absolutely, you can. There's some great freeze dryers on the market. They're not cheap. They start at about 2000 They go up to like $7,000. Um, if somebody's looking at getting one, you're gonna, you're not going to want to cheap out. Um, pros and cons. Well, con one, price. Um, not everybody can afford to buy that. The biggest con for me is you have to really consider what you're putting into that freeze dryer. So, again, I live in Alberta. My growing season is somewhere around here. Um, So if I'm buying stuff at the grocery store that already has been traveling, stored, picked before it's right, lost all of its nutrients sitting in some storage somewhere, and then I freeze dry it, and then I put it in a, a bag like this, I don't have the shelf life and I didn't have the nutrients to begin with. So freeze drying in that case really it will give you the calories. So if you're looking at putting something away so that you have the calories, you'll still have the calories. You just won't have the nutrients. Um, We did consider buying one so that we could do elk and moose and deer because we know that that's fresh. We watch it fall, usually watch it fall. If not, we track it and find it. So we know that that's as fresh as it's going to be. We thought of buying one to to freeze dry that, uh, but now I've started canning it and um, I just can't really justify the, freeze dryer. If I lived in a place where I was growing fresh produce all year long, it might be a different uh, different thing. Cool. So, Tracy, quick question: When you talked about the um, the freeze drying machines going anywhere from two thousand to seven thousand, 
Um, do these use like carbon dioxide or like, is it, are they just purely electric or is there anything else that goes into using the machines? Uh, they're like electric. They do, no, no, they're electric. They do put off quite a bit of heat though. So you want to make sure wherever you're using it, it's not in the area that you're storing your food. Um, okay. And another problem with them is um, user error can lead to stuff not being properly preserved and then rest reducing your shelf life. So again, I'm not trying to tell anybody not to get one. Harvest Right is the name. Um, I just don't know a ton about them because I decided that it, it wasn't something that we were going to do. Um, we have access to this and I know that when I get it, it's sealed in a can and it's good. Um, another, another advantage to them though, is if I made chili up, I could freeze dry actual meals. So mm -hmm. that would be a, that would be a good benefit, but right now we're just canning it and that's working for us. So. Yeah, I guess with all the uh, water gone too, I guess you're going to be able to stack those things pretty high because there's really no weight to them, I guess. Eh? No, there's not much weight at all to them. Some of them like the beans, um, the beans are a little heavier, but um, they're pretty light. They're pretty yeah, light. Just out of your curiosity for any one of our listeners and myself, to be honest. Um, so when we talk about freeze dried, we're talking about like, I'll use the example of astronaut food, right? So when you go to, you know, like the Discovery Center or Science Center, you yeah. buy those, those freeze dried um, yeah. ice cream bars. So that's what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And luckily, NASA put a lot of money into it. And that helped all of the companies following um, because NASA had a bit more money than most companies. So they, they mastered it and, uh, and yeah. That's awesome. Okay. We got a uh, question from listener Colleen. Uh, just a thought with the texture consistency, it would be convenient to modify for babies and grannies or anyone without teeth. Is that, can you kind of control how the consistency oh. comes? Actually, Colleen, thank you. Because <laughs> like I showed you, baby food is fantastic elderly people. Um, we actually have one of our consultants whose child is G-tube fed. And this stuff is completely like very, very high in nutrition. So all they do, like I said, I showed you, I powder it. How convenient would that be to have this in your diaper bag? You just add a tablespoon of water and all of a sudden your baby food is just chicken or just potatoes or just peas, not the other stuff that they seem to think they should put in baby food. It's pure clean, simple food. And that's why we used to do, we used to do meals like this. So we had, this is one of our old meals, but people wanted the individual, they wanted to say this meal, but they don't like spinach. They wanted this meal, but they didn't want the sodium. So now for the bulk, we just do single ingredients. We do have, um, we do have small ones, you know, single serving ones. Um, I like these because I can give these to people so that they can taste it and try it without investing in the whole can. People are really skeptical. They think they're not going to like it, especially the meat, but the meat is the magic is in the meat. It really is. Um, whether it's just saving you time, you only need a handful, whether you're using it for long-term storage, but we use it every day. Like Ian sees me cooking. I use it every day. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's actually it that seven-day challenge. I didn't have the, uh, the 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 temerity to do it myself. Actually, I was kind of watching you do your thing. I was like, "That's pretty awesome, actually." Because yeah, it was. Uh, There's some good challenges there for sure. Mm. Um, just a quick question though. So the stuff's made in Utah. The uh, Thrive Life. Uh, the freeze dryers in Utah. 
Yeah. So is there any uh, issues like sourcing the, the stuff right now with the border closures the way they are? Is it still able to pass through? No, it, everything that we could get, we could get. So okay. I'm going to explain that um, just quickly. About two years ago, our governments didn't really get along. Not sure why, but they put this tariff on dairy. And so we were no longer allowed to bring dairy in. So our cheeses, our milks, our sauces, our yogurts, all of that dairy line was removed for Canadians. Um, but on Saturday, we got the announcement that next week, they're allowing it back in. But everything else came through. It did take a little longer to get here, but that was more of a Canada Post and a UPS and a Purolator. I mean, they were inundated with everybody ordering online. So it took a little longer to get here, but it wasn't because it wasn't being shipped out. Awesome. Have you noticed an uptick in sales there with the uh, the, the COVID panics or anything back in March or even like this month or anything else? Mm, I sold more in two months, March and April, than I have probably in the last couple of years. Uh, and it continues to go up. Uh, it hasn't slowed down whatsoever. The Americans are a little nervous. Um, they have a little election coming up. And um, depending on who wins that election, we could have everything in our storeroom gone in a day if, um, yeah, if it goes one way. But <laughs> We absolutely are. Actually, I don't think it's going to be no matter what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty awesome. So, uh, Sorry, Todd. Yeah. So we are seeing shortages. Like, I mean, <laughs> like any other, like toilet paper and ammunition, we are seeing shortages. Um, they are working around the clock. They get it back in, and then we get to announce, okay, this stuff is here. But we just tell people, if you want something, and we've announced that it's back in stock, don't put it in a delivery for two weeks from now. Go in, buy it right now because it's not lasting. People are buying pallets worth of food. Well, Eric, were you saying something along the lines of uh, that uh, wow. CBSA was kind of slowing stuff down on your end as well? Yeah, for a little while there, bringing in um, like the Mountain House or Wise Food, uh, it just wasn't happening. It was, was, wasn't even getting to the border. They were just backlogged and there was apparently some mm -hmm. shortage on chicken or something in the States. And they just, they weren't able to, to keep up with the demand. And I, I was having the same thing as you, Tracy, where there's tons and tons and tons of orders coming in for freeze dried food and just couldn't keep up. But my two, the two that I carry is Wise and, and Mountain House. And they just threw their hands up and said, well, sorry, Canada <laughs> sucks to be you. And that, yeah. that was it. Yeah, there's definitely some some gaps there. Um, we haven't seen meat. I mean, they've brought meat back and then it's gone within 24 hours. We haven't seen meat in a couple months. No. It's just, mm. luckily. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know I probably shouldn't. There's no meat back there. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's so. It's so you said scary. the the actual company was based out of Utah. Do they do they buy from local farms and, and you know get their produce locally? Do they get it out of out of country or I guess where does that all come from? Uh, the majority of it is from America. Some of it's in Utah. Some of it's down in the southern states more. Um, mm -hmm. There's a couple that come out of Germany, but they are very very particular. There's actually an and I'm going to shoot myself that I can't remember the name, but there is a safety standards for food in the States. And um, we were ranked at 97%. So they said it was actually one of the highest food safety standards they've given to any company. Thrive is notorious for sending shipments back. Um, I actually had a, a friend who went um, down to uh, Brazil or Belize or somewhere, and he was working on one of the farms. It was a 
uh, community building trip and he said that they had sent food to thrive and it had been refused like thrive refuses all food if it's not top standard they will mm -hmm. not sell it so they they really vet their farms well um so unfortunately sometimes we're out of stuff when other companies aren't out of it and it's just because the standards of what they're getting is not high enough and they'd rather say no sorry we're out of stock than to sell something substandard mm -hmm. are there any uh substantial like health and digestive benefits to eating freeze-dried food over just conventional food well basically they've taken the water out you're putting it back in so right. it, it it's it's the same. It's mm -hmm. the same across the board. Okay. Um, the only thing that, that I always recommend, especially when people are giving it to kids, because they, kids will tend to snack a lot on it. And if you're not getting the food or fruits or vegetables, if you're not refreshing them on the outside, they're going to refresh on the inside. So if you're eating a lot of like the yogurt bites or the fruit, which kids love, make sure they're drinking water because they could dehydrate because it's going to absorb all of that liquid inside. Okay. So That's you all. so you could eat you could eat the food without reconstituting it beforehand. It just oh, like you absolutely. said is going to kind of dehydrate yourself then. Like, uh, absolutely. Your <laughs> we eat a lot of it without refreshing. We eat the sausage crumbles, we eat most of the fruits we eat without refreshing, even the vegetables. My son is forever reaching into the can of broccoli mm -hmm. and eats the broccoli straight out of the can. <clears throat> So can you refresh it with things other than water? Could you use like broth, like chicken broth or beef broth or like barbecue sauce, things like that? Yes and no. You can absolutely refresh it with other stuff. I refresh it often with like um, Frank's buffalo sauce or teriyaki sauce. Um, when I make butter chicken, I use the butter chicken sauce. You just have to add enough water to it. It's not liquidy. So mm -hmm. if it's a thick, like a barbecue sauce, you'd have to add water to it because it has to be thin enough. And it's actually the best way to refresh the meat because then the, the meat is infused with that flavor. Okay. So um, we often do our pork, we'll refresh it with pineapple juice. So it's a pineapple pork. Nice. So what are some of the, what are some of your favorite freeze dried foods? And are there any you recommend staying away from? Are there any that are just not good? <laughs> Um, I like the beans, the instant beans. That's because beans take so long when you're doing them. If you haven't canned them, if you have, if you're taking dry beans. So these, my husband takes in his soup and lunch, they're dry. And then we just put them in a thermos with the hot water. And mm -hmm. by the time he's ready at lunch, they're refreshed up. I love the meats. Um, would I stay away from any? We used to have ham. I'm not sure if it's still on the website, but it ha I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one who didn't like it because it went discontinued. Um, and I don't like mangoes, but I don't like mangoes. So okay. if you, you know. Yeah, it, that, it sounds no. like it sounds like the food is basically the same after <clears throat> afterwards. So I suppose if you like it normal, you're going to like it freeze dried yeah. too. Are yeah. there any foods or anything you can't freeze dry or, or couldn't? Well, I don't think you could freeze dry watermelon because by the time you took all the water out of it, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and you know what, we laugh, but I would have said you can't refry, you can't refry, you can't freeze dry cucumber. But on Saturday, they announced that that's one of October's new products is cucumber. Oh, really? I haven't okay. tried it, but um, apparently it's, it's really good. So I'll try it as soon as it comes out because it's coming out in October. Um, you can't, they haven't done fish, um, because I think because of the oil in it and 
I think that's about it. So no fish, no shrimp. Um, maybe you can. I don't know. We just don't do it. Mm -hmm. And I think it has something to do with the fish is um, with the oil content in it. Okay. Actually, when I was uh, working overseas there, I used to get those uh, cup, of, cup noodles or whatever with the, the freeze-dried oh. shrimp in them. Oh, and yeah. when they reconstitute the freeze-dried shrimp, they were just, they were horrible. They didn't reconstitute <laughs> very well. So I can imagine that's probably not a popular item anyway. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, uh... Yeah, so just a question. So you mentioned beans and I'm thinking like I've got a lot of dried beans here, like the ones you buy in the grocery store, just in the bag that you would reconstitute with water by soaking them. Um, what's the difference then between the dried beans I buy in the grocery store and the ones that are freeze dried? Is it, is it shelf life? Because I, because I think these are freeze dried after they're refreshed. So you have to cook your beans, you have to soak them right. and then cook them. So okay. that's all been done. Same with our meat. So like our meats are cooked and then they're freeze dried. Your beans have to be soaked and cooked. So you have right. hours, uh, right? Before you can that, use that them. That makes sense. Yeah. No, cause I was thinking about a, a cost. Um, but yeah, that, that makes sense. Thanks. Because I was just thinking if, if it was the same thing, why, why bother giving the cost and the amount of energy that's going into it? But yeah, that, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then the other thing is you were talking about, you know, with, if you had freeze dried chicken and you, you squish it, it would basically crumble into a powder. Um, I'm just trying to understand, I, I mean, how would it reconstitute into something that has like the same consistency as chicken? So I just put this in water. Watch, I should make a mess on my laptop. Where's my camera? Like spare, so yeah. this okay. is refreshed. Okay, so that's got- And it's got stringy like the chicken. chicken. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it, is it stringy? But if, if you hadn't, re like for the stuff you hadn't refreshed, if you were to crumble it, it would just go, turn, turn to powder, right? It would turn to powder. Yeah. So you could, like, if you were feeding a baby, you could just add a little bit of water. We powder a lot of our stuff. Um, I powder, like if I wanted cream a chicken, instead of cooking mm. the chicken and then blending it, I just powder it first and add a little hot water out of the kettle and I have cream a chicken. Nice. Okay. So <clears throat> same with smoothies. My husband, every morning he has smoothies. So what we do a month ahead of time is we take a can of um, bananas, strawberries, blueberries, and cherries. We throw them all through the Vitamix. We powder them down, and then he just takes a couple scoops in the morning and shakes it up, and he's got his his smoothies are done. Nice. The Vitamix is another vital kitchen tool, eh? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Just mentioning smoothie, that's, uh, I've been using that. I think it's made by a company called PB&E, and there's a bunch of other companies that make it, but like that powdered peanut butter um, that you can put into smoothies, and it's only got like 10% of the fat or something. But yeah, that's might be another example. I don't know if it's freeze-dried, um, but yeah. We awesome have peanut thing. flour that we can turn into peanut butter, so that's similar. You just If you're making it to peanut butter, you add a little bit of oil and water, but we put okay. it in like if we wanted... Well, if you're making brownies, you can make Reese's, you can make peanut butter brownies or whatever. So it's like just powdered peanut butter. Okay, awesome. I guess the last question I had was, uh, I know some people who are looking to develop their own long-term food storage and have, you know, maybe they're sensitive to gluten or lactose, things like that. Do you guys offer products that are specifically gluten-free or lactose-free? Yeah, gluten-free, if it's gluten-free in the real world, it's gluten-free in our world. So okay. they're very, very cautious about cross-contamination. Okay. Um, if it doesn't have gluten in it, it won't have gluten in it. And it will be, their freeze dryers are cleaned thoroughly between all of their batches. Nothing, um, one of our one of our owners has a child that has extreme allergies and they take it very seriously. As far as dairy, same thing. If it doesn't have dairy in it, it doesn't have dairy in it. And that was one of the reasons they started 
they started going more with the single ingredients because then mm -hmm. it's easier for people who have allergies or intolerances. Yep. That's awesome. awesome. That's a really popular question I get all the time for freeze dried food is, is the, all the different intolerances and different diet dietary requirements. So yep, that's I see awesome it on, it's all split across like that. That's good. Yeah. It's always on like every forum you read or Facebook yep. post. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, really popular one. I, I probably get that question at least four or five times a month. Mm -hmm. so, that's good. Oh, I guess where's the best place to go if we're interested in placing an order or purchasing uh, any of these Thrive products? Well, I think Ian's going to throw the link up. Um, if you're looking at Thrive, I can help you out. If you're looking at Mountain House, Sarah can help you out. <laughs> um, yeah. And again, yeah, right now, I mean, I'm not. Talk. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not putting down any other. I think each has its. Um, has its place and i just think for day-to-day -day use or long-term food storage it's this camping or hiking mm -hmm. this might be but you know what like because we don't because we don't like everything that comes and i don't even know which one this is but because we don't like everything that comes in this one we can make it up in a jar so then all i have to do is add water to this and if i'm going camping i don't want it in a glass jar i just put it in a mylar bag or i vacuum seal it so we kind of have the same opportunity to create those meals on the go. Oh, just cool. avoiding yeah, what we don't you want. You can make your own little camping kit. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll definitely have the links in the show notes as well. Yeah. And I got it fly, uh, sliding across the page right now. <laughs> so speaking. Oh, look at that. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's pretty yeah. awesome. That's pretty much all the questions I had. You guys have anything else? No, I think that's, uh, cool. that covered it off. That's uh sounds like a really good product. Mm-hmm. I like it. It does. Oh, that should be. Uh, do you have anything else that you wanted to add, Tracy, before we move along? Or um, I just think you know what. It doesn't matter where you're getting it. I really, honestly, I, I, I preach this. It doesn't. I don't care if you're getting your food at at Walmart. Really, if if people need to start putting stuff away, because I think the next six months are going to be worse than the last six months, and it's just a heads up. Um, buy stuff you're going to use. Uh, just do it because yep. what's it going to hurt, right? You yep. have a little extra food. I, I think people are just so hesitant. It's like they think if they buy food, put it away that they're, you know, bringing that evil on them, but it's going to come anyways. And if it doesn't come, call me, say, I told you so, because I want to be wrong more <laughs> than anybody else wants me to wrong, be wrong. I really yep. do. I don't yep. want to be right about it, but. Um, well, it's the same as car insurance, house insurance is food yeah. insurance is all this. Yeah. Yeah, but the difference exactly. is car insurance sucks. House <laughs> insurance sucks. Ask yep. any of those people up in Fort McMurray about the house insurance. Well, it um, doesn't cost you anything extra to use your food insurance either. No, like exactly. You get to eat it, so you might as well buy stuff you like, right? Yep. Yep. That's right. Good point. Is the, the best place for people to find you on, on the Facebook group or, or your website? Which do you prefer uh, contact-wise? Probably. I mean, either way, you can get a hold of me on the website, but I'm on Facebook uh a lot. Um, I, all my friends live there. <laughs> so, yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't believe in selling people stuff and then them not knowing what to do with it. Uh, that was how I started. I spent a couple thousand dollars. I bought a bunch of food and I put it in a, in a box and put it away. And then I said to my husband, what happens if we don't like it? What happens if things go bad and the kids won't eat it? Then, then where are we? So we started opening a few cans and, and then I'll be completely honest. I got lazy and I was like, I can have chicken tacos in 10 minutes instead of 
you know, so we started using it day to day and my kids mm -hmm. are used to using it. It's part of their lunches and yeah, that was how awesome. it all started for me. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Just for audio listeners, it's uh, the website is uh, everybody'skitchen.ca, and if you go on Facebook and look up the group called the Part Time Prepper, you can probably find her right there. Yeah. Nice. All right. Podcast well, challenge time. I was going to say, with that, we'll move into the podcast challenge. All right. So, uh, just for listeners, buy a sample of freeze dried food, uh, preferably from Tracy or or Eric. Close <laughs> to Tracy. I don't have any. Yeah, power. that's right. So, uh, try uh, try reconstituting it uh, using your emergency gear. Maybe your backup stove. Maybe just uh, plain water, filtered water. Just just uh, combine it with a uh, equipment test. Let's see what you like or what you don't like about it. Just give it a try. Yeah. Great. Let's move into uh, some upcoming events. I think it's the last time I can mention it before they're running out of events, but uh, Maple Seed events. I think they've got two left in Alberta and not much else, I don't think. But uh, mapleseedrifleman.com is the webpage to maybe book your last chance before spring. You can go to the Maple Seed and you can bring some Thrive Life with you and <clears throat> a little kit for uh, for range day. That's right. I like it. All right, we're moving into some shout-outs. So I've, uh, I've got a shout-out to our, our new Patreon, Philip. Thanks for the five bucks a month. It's going to help uh, keep the show on the air, so appreciate yeah. it. Cool. But he also some shout outs. Well, I'd just like to thank Tracy for coming on. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, all right. We'll Moving to some email and iTunes reviews. So uh, we've got one review here from over the pond in Great Britain. Uh, it says, uh, these are great podcasts on many prepper subjects from uh, the, a group of friends. Uh, they joke and laugh while talking through great subjects and passing out some uh, great info. Guys, I love listening while driving around in the UK. Uh, good to hear your sound and internet quality has improved over the podcast. And that's uh, from Dave. So appreciate that. We're getting awesome. uh, we're getting across the pond. Awesome. Actually, come nice to think of it, I may I actually may have a distant relative listening to this episode for the first time. He lives in Banbury in the UK, so oh, uh, he might be listening today. So awesome. There you go. Do you do you ship to the UK, Tracy? No, we don't. Only to Canada and the U.S. Uh, half our families in the U.K. We spent a month there at Christmas, and they all wanted it as well. But so you might have more listeners this episode. Huh, awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, I will bring uh, episode number eighty-six of the K and Pepper podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of course your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out. Uh, submit a review. It helps other people find us. And we record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the shows, please subscribe to the YouTube channel for Canadian Proper Podcast and click on the notification tab. Uh, that gives you alerts of when we're going live. And for myself, I can be reached at hfxprepper at gmail.com or cues at prepperpodcast.ca. And I also have my own YouTube channel. Just search for hfxprepper. Any new videos? <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not like you've been busy with work or anything. Come on. Yeah. No, no, of course not. No, no, exactly. <laughs> I'll get to it. Get All right. And if you got any questions or advice for me, you can email into the show at tyler at prepperpodcast.ca. All right. Uh, we talked about Tracy's contact information there. And uh, would you be okay with uh, PMs on uh, Facebook there as well, Tracy? Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Uh, you can reach in directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com. You can also find me on Canadian Patriot Podcast on iTunes and YouTube. We record Monday evenings at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. There you can find us discussing why government waste in society makes me want to stock up on freeze-dried food. <laughs> <laughs> Where can everybody find you, Tracy? Uh, usually on Facebook at the Part-Time Prepper. Uh, my profile is also public, so I am Tracy 
Bell, Jonathan, Taylor, I know it's Lob. Look for me on part-time prepper. It's easier. <laughs> All right. And uh, you can find me at uh, rapidsurvival.com. You can get me there on the live chat. Uh, you can also email me at uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. So uh, thanks for joining us this evening. And until next time, uh, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning.